is a podcast on the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. you new people only have one rule everyone fights no one quits you don't do your job i'll kill you myself do you get me your career is in my hands never pass up a good thing someone like me is gonna kill you no fucking race. Am I just dying? Fleet just does the flying. It's afraid. It's afraid. I need a court. Oh, you're it until you're dead. Or do I find something better? Come on, you ain't you wanna live forever? Welcome to Movie Cocktail Podcast. Super Movie Brothers presents Movie Cocktail Podcast. And tonight we are minus one. We've lost our first man. Mark uh, couldn't be here tonight. So tonight, I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And we are joined always by our good friend, Rob. Hello, and thank you very much for having me again. And this is your show, man. This is uh, absolutely show. no, but I, I'm over at your place enjoying the, the company <laughs> and uh, enjoying recording with you guys. So thank you. You oh, are absolutely. a movie cocktail brother. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, tonight we are going to be talking about 1997's Starship Troopers, directed by Paul Verhoeven, starring Casper Van Dien, Denise Richards, and no one else that you Neil would Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, and Jake Busey. <laughs> <laughs> How much that means to you, I don't know. So really, I just want to go around the horn. I want to talk about everybody's first experience seeing this movie, like where you were. And we'll start with Rob, since uh, this is the film that you selected uh, last month, and it's the one that won our poll. Yeah, I'm very proud of that. Um, I love this movie. I just have to say that up front. Uh, I think that's amazing. Uh, But just talking about where I was, back home in Australia, of course. Right. Uh, So I did see it at the theater. I did see it with one of my aunts. Uh, I think I wasn't old enough, of course, at the time to go see it by myself. So I, I took an aunt, and uh, she was a very educated woman. And so when I left, I remember she was like, "Did you notice all the imagery? Did you?" And we'll get into it, of course. But did you go? Did you notice this? And I was like, "No, I just noticed the blood, the gore, everything else. I didn't see any imagery, imagery or anything like that." So I, uh, I, I still remember that as my major point of like, I love the movie. Um, but somebody pointing out to me, "Hey, there's more to it than just the blood and guts of of a kick-ass movie." Nice. Uh, so. Jay, what about you? Well, I saw this a few hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a movie I did not see when I was a kid, and I always heard of it, but never really knew too much about it. And it's kind of what I expected, to be honest, um, from just hearing about it from, from people variously throughout my years of living, and, and then the poster and uh, fun things like that. But it is a lot of fun, and, and it is a, a silly, but fun serious sort of mixture of like action fantasy uh sci-fi fantasy and it was really a pretty cool setting and it's kind of funny to see you know 
Neil Patrick Harris and Denise Richards is hot as shit. And <laughs> Be honest with me. If you didn't have to watch it for this podcast, would, would I ever you, watch it? Would you ever watch it? No, 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 no. This not is not all. in your wheelhouse. This is not in my wheelhouse. <laughs> this is why I never watched it before. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, everybody knows that, but it's it's it's. Uh, it was still enjoyable. I'm surprised you enjoyed yourself with it. I really thought that you were going to think that this film was was kind of trash. I thought that this would like not be your but type of film. I expected that. I mean, it's it's delightful trash. So so bad it's so good kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just like another Denise Richards film, Wild Things. Exactly. Delightful trash. Delightful trash. <laughs> yeah, at least exactly. you get to see a lot more in that movie than you do in this. Ironically, that's the way women used to describe me in college, too. He's delightful trash. <laughs> <laughs> The kind you drive by with a pickup, and you, you might pick up. You might try to, like, polish it up, sell it at the antique store, but, you know, sometimes it's all right just to have for a little yeah. while and then take, yeah. kick it back to the curb. <laughs> Delightful trash. Uh, so this film came out in 1997. That means that I would have been around 11 years old, probably 10 or 11 years old when this came out. And I remember exactly, you know, when it came out. Internet wasn't around, so I actually caught a trailer on TV, I believe. And I was talking with one of my friends in when I was in a bowling league. It's, I used to be in a youth bowling league. And we were talking about how awesome this movie looked. And I, I remember trying to get my parents to take me to see it. Uh, and it's not that my parents wouldn't take me to see a rated R film. It's just they probably wouldn't take me to see this rated R film. <laughs> it, it, it would hold no interest for either of my parents whatsoever. So neither one of them would ever want to go see this. Uh, so I think I ended up waiting until it was out at Blockbuster, the old Blockbuster. When you were working there? No, no, no. I, I, I was definitely around 10 or 11 years old when I saw this. So it was just when it came out, the home video popped in that VHS, watched it. And I remember just, I, I really enjoyed it. But the, you know, the stuff, you had an aunt that was like, oh, did you notice the imagery? I didn't have that. You know, yeah. I just, what I saw was uh, a kid who wanted to get out of where he was. And then I saw uh, boobs. <laughs> and then I saw boobs. The shower again. scene? Yeah. Yeah. And then I saw boobs again. Uh, and, and that jawline. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw a lot of blood, a lot of gore, and a lot of like what I considered to be like really cool action. You know, just like it, it to me at the time when I saw it, it was a film that didn't feel like it needed to be anything more than what it was. And now when you go back and watch it and you know all these things, like your aunt oh, was yeah, pointing out absolutely. to you, young, this film has so much more going on in it. And I think that's A, one of the reasons that makes it a cult classic. Um, but B, it also just draws people in, not not with that stuff. That's the stuff that you learn to, to like about it, the stuff you learn to love about it. Uh, what draws you in is just kind of like this this strange strange sci-fi military thing, this strange, uh, you know, bugs. I mean, how often are, do, are, are, is, is that the, the enemy in a film is just bugs? Eight-legged freaks, Slither. I mean, maybe that's like, you know, a handful of them. Uh, and they were done in like such such a cool way. Like those bugs are badass yeah they're vicious looking yeah. uh and they they literally do eviscerate people mm -hmm. and i remember just just that part of it i i remember being almost haunted by the fact when the bug kind of falls on top of rico and, just and it just impales his leg crams the whole uh, mandible and it goes through his yeah. leg and they pull it up and then like, like and it does it on its its deathbed too yeah. it's not like it's it's just attacking him it's like I know I'm dying, but I'm taking you with yeah. me. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. you get you get Rico in his uh, in his Luke Skywalker back at tank, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's repairing it. But you, like you can see now, there's no blood, there's nothing yeah. to obstruct it. It's just like hanging meat and tissue, just like being repaired. You can yeah. see the bone a little it's bit like, in there. I was like, ah, oh, that's really fucking cool. Like to me, at ten years old, like 
this movie was bad fucking ass. And not many people saw it. So it was like something I'd be like, have you ever seen Starship Troopers? I'd be like, no. I'd be like, you gotta see Starship Troopers. They put a lot of money in it. I'm actually quite surprised by that myself. Like, I've asked people, like when I know I was going to be coming here to record, of course, I'd ask people I know. I said, oh, have you seen Starship Troopers? And what did you think? What's your opinion? They're like, no, I've never seen it. I'm like, I'm always quite surprised by that when I... I, How old are they? My age. Oh, really? I mean, I'm like, how have you not seen it? It's. I thought it was myself. I thought it was a pretty popular movie. I. I guess I must have been wrong. Maybe it was more popular in Australia than I thought. Maybe than it was. That's here. possible. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it was one of those type of films. But uh, it's also what the I get out of the film is because it was made. You know, in the what? What again was it? Ninety seven. Ninety seven. Yeah, it was made in ninety seven. That it's a type of movie that may be made now but it would be made in a completely different way nowadays than it was then. Oh, Absolutely. It would never be get away with a movie with that much gore anymore. Even a rated R movie, I don't think you'd ever get away with that much gore again. It's true. Starship Troopers was number 35 of all the films that came out in 1997. Uh, and this is according to boxofficemojo.com. Uh, its total gross since then has been $54 million Eight hundred fourteen thousand three hundred and seventy-seven. Uh, that is not good. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> in what? That's close to twenty years. Yep, and Oof. and and in its opening, uh, it was twenty-two million. So you know it. It didn't do. It didn't do fantastic. It didn't do gangbusters, especially for a movie that came out in the same year as Independence Day. It didn't do fucking gangbusters. So uh, you know it. It's always been this film that's just kind of like. But DVD sales, cassette sales. I would think rentals VHS, probably rentals, more so than yeah. ownership. Um, right. I, I, but I think it's just something that it's kind of like struck a chord for people like us more so than anybody else. And the reason I say that is because, I mean, we're we're the ones that are now people our age are the ones that are now ushering entertainment where people who are like us are the ones who are making the entertainment right now uh and are kind of controlling the content so they were people like us when we were younger and this type of stuff like really spoke to people like that and and now for some of us as we get older like for people like jay jay wasn't into movies until he was in high school uh so he wouldn't oh one oh two he wouldn't have found this film back then yeah um it's only through doing things like this that he finds it and finds enjoyment in it. And I think it's one of those type of films. I mean, that's what a cult classic is. Yeah. It has a, a small group of people that really enjoy it. They go out there, they champion for it. Other people see it and it, it grows. It's fandom grows. Yeah. And they, they push it to other people. They, yeah. they try to say, Hey, have you seen this? Mm-hmm. You should check it out. But so yeah. much so that it grows $32 million more <laughs> since it's release because of, because of word of mouth and, and stuff like that. New uh, generations of fanboys and, you know, people that are into those kind of genres that just want to seek out all the old content. And honestly, 97 is not that long ago. So, you know, people are just trying to get back on, on their film study. And it helps that this film could have very easily have been a dumb sci-fi film. This could have very easily have just been Marines running across a, a hard pan desert. Killing bugs, yep. getting to the end, setting off a bomb, slow mo walking away, high five. Or it could have been like a very much a patriotic, very um, propagandaish type of for like your your typical military movie. We are the best. Check yeah. out our military. This is what we can do. Whereas it doesn't quite show it in that same light in this movie. I mean, like uh, like in Clerks. Yeah. Ooh, Navy Seals. Yeah. Like uh, just like. 
I'm you, you get that kind of opinion on a lot of military movies these days that they they're they're being made to show the military. You know, God bless them. I'm a military son myself. My dad was 26 years in the Australian Army, right. but they're they're there to be shown to say, hey, we are the best, or we are going to always be the best, and we can kick anybody's butt. That's all. That's I mean, that, not to get too political, but that's that's post 9/11 world. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's just the way it is. Um, you know, you're never going to get another Oliver Stone platoon. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> not, not 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 for a while. Not for a lot. Not on, on, well. We'll see how things pan out in the next couple of years. <laughs> uh, so Jay. Obviously, this being movie cocktail, we can't just talk about the movie. You were up since you picked the category. You were the one that had to select the cocktail this week. So, what the fuck did you make for us? Well, I created something. Um, I went with Jack Daniel's Fire, ginger ale, lime, and bitters. So, it's it's a um, it's not bad. I mean, I think for for what it is, it's it's an interesting mix and. And Jack Daniel's Fire is right. So the yeah. So Jack Daniel's Fire. Uh, I I had the idea to use fire whiskey, cinnamon whiskey, because in the film there's this beetle, and the beetle just shoots like this orangey acid like yeah. out of its face that just like burns people alive. And I was like, I don't know Old why. Limbs. Yeah, and <laughs> I don't know why, but for some reason, like that image in the film always stuck out to me. Like that that burning acid spit just burn because. You know, as as powerful as the drones are, and as quickly as they could cut through things and eviscerate people, I was like, yeah. "That's more scary." A thing that can shoot like fireballs from its ass and fucking acid from its face. I don't want to fuck with a creature that that's also it, three stories tall. It's also <laughs> that it's all that like, yeah. The main bugs that you see in the the film are the the ones that are like running around killing them. The 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 troopers in, in effect. Yeah, the black then, bogs with the yeah, orange stripes. Exactly. But then you but then you see that there's so much more. There's the um the, the ones that's fire the shooting the fire. I mean we'll get to it later, but there's the brain bug. So there's a whole like army behind these things. So they're more than just like one type of soldier in effect if you want right. to put it that way well there's even those flying ones yeah that, yeah you see the flying ones later they look on. exactly like the drones and they're, yep. they're flying around uh take and, your head off and ratchak takes that shot at the guy i expect every man to do the same <laughs> <laughs> so jay what uh, so this is this is fireball whiskey ginger ale uh bitters and lime and the lime wedge okay Irish lime wedge and i i just think it's a really nice little balance you know i usually i occasionally drink like jack daniels and ginger and stuff like that once in a while and I thought this was an interesting little twist. And I think there's not too many it you know, tastes fireball like a- shots, you know, are very popular now in bars right. and not usually made with cocktails. So right. I kind of thought that this could work as a cocktail, and it kind of does. <laughs> it's almost like a Moscow Mule a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. And uh, but it kind of tastes. It's, it's like a cinnamon, uh, a cinnamony like Long Island iced tea. Like it's kind of like a cinnamony iced tea. Talking like me now. Like it reminds me of, and I haven't had it much since I got here to the United States. But I don't know if you've ever had aftershock. No, you've never had aftershock. No, sir. Okay, aftershock is. I guess it's a very traditional English type of shot. Almost, it's a cinnamon shot. And basically, what it is is you would drink it in a shot, but then it's one of those ones that's so cinnamony, but that you take a deep mouth full of air right afterwards mm. and it's like 
your lungs just get filled back up with that cinnamon again. Oh, my God. It's like, Ooh. it's intense. It's really, really intense. Uh, a lot of the bars like throughout. pick me up shot. Yeah, in like the, the bars sluggish in England. sluggish and everything, yeah. you take one of those shots. Oh, it is. <laughs> the bars You're in England do a lot of it. Like, a lot of it is aftershock um, is what you get there. So, it's very, uh, that's what it reminds me of. I would do it. <laughs> no, I, I I'm not sure. I, knew, <laughs> I, I know you could buy it here. I bought it once in a bottle form here a long, long time ago. But I've not had it again since. So, I mean, if you get a chance, check it out. Aftershock. Definitely never heard of it. But yeah, I mean, I that's one of the reasons I wanted to use cinnamon cinnamon whiskey was because of the fire. And, and I like the idea of that. That was and interesting. you went ahead and said, you know, Fireball's great for shots and stuff like that. But it's almost too strong to put into a cocktail. And you too said, sweet. It's yeah. a little overly sweet. And Jack Daniel's Fire, I've had, I prefer more because it just has a little bit more of that whiskey with cinnamon flavor not so much like straight up cinnamon flavored whiskey like so and essentially they're cordials they're not even really technically whiskey because they're lower in alcohol content i think in the 30s i believe and it's um i just like the flavor better it's not quite as sweet and i think it balances out the cocktail you mentioned the ingredients but you didn't mention parts like so what is it a shot two shots of of jack fire and i did um yes two ounces of jack fire okay so two shots two two dashes of bitters orange or uh no no no, no, not orange just the regular okay and um, a just a, a like a, a um a lime sphere wedge <laughs> sphere a wheel wedge isn't the lime wedge? itself a sphere a wheel wedge maybe <laughs> yeah he just puts a whole lime right in the uh, right in the drink don't, was, e- don't even cut it I just, just put the whole lime exactly in. I just like the look of them yeah. okay so 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 you 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 cut a lime and you put a a, a, a lime circle let's lime go with circle. the circle circle yeah it's a circle it's a circle it's a circle of lime. And, okay. um, <laughs> so we, we're using rocks glasses, um, the the bigger rocks glasses, not the small rocks glasses. Yeah. And, and then just topped it off with uh, ginger ale. And ice. And ice, you know, and that's it. I mean, it's not much to it. It's very mild, and I actually like it as it goes on. I think you get a little bit more of that lime flavor. It gets a little bit more chilled from the ice. Um, so I, I'm, I'm So, yeah, the, the ice melts a bit, and it takes a little bit of that of that fire off right. of the jack fire, off of the, this little, little bit of cinnamon out. But overall, it's an easy I think drink. I think compared to last time, this one's a little bit more drinkable in terms of a lot of them. Yeah, Like absolutely. the other one, I could have maybe right. one or two, but it was just that sweetness. It was just... Yeah. Okay, I, I'm going to move on now. It just needed, this it just one, needed more Bacardi I could see myself sitting down <laughs> on an evening. That was my or, goal. That was yeah, my goal. I, I could see myself drinking this. Yeah. I mean, I the problem is I couldn't see myself making a lot of it at home. Like, I mean, unless I got... I mean, it doesn't seem like it would be that hard to do if I got it at home. It's but, not hard. It's very simple. But, um, but, you know, everybody usually should have bitters in their bar. Yeah. And, <laughs> And, yeah, if you, know, you limes if, normally, and it's just a couple of ingredients. It's if like, you're a man who likes your drink, or a female who likes your drink, and you like to uh, you like to do cocktails and stuff, bitters, vermouth, uh, both dry and sweet, that you you should have those in your bar if you like to throw together cocktails every now and then. Sure. So you, you so you did you come those. up with a name? You know, this is my own concoction. I I did a lot of like reading up on like certain kind of you know feature cocktails. Feature cocktails with Fireball and Jack Daniel's Fire recently, and there's not that many. It's just little twists and variations of old cocktails. And I kind of thought, you know, I'll piece together a couple things and just try it with the ginger ale. I think that would balance out well. And I thought the bitters was going to be an interesting choice to kind of cut out the sweetness. And I was hoping the lime would have a little bit more of a punch, but um, 
Well, you didn't squeeze it, it still in. Works. I did not squeeze it in. You should have squeezed a little bit of lime yeah. juice. Or I, I, have, I, was, I was debating. So, I mean, you know, I, I have lime the first juice time in the fridge. It. You could have just squeezed a little bit in. So, so but yeah, either way, don't, I don't think be afraid it's... to don't be afraid to squeeze that lime. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, give Jay's, it a name. Um, we'll see. Uh, Jay's Firebug. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Jay's Firebug. I like that Firebug. Yeah, Jay's Firebug. There you go. It's very fitting. So coming up next, we are going to delve deep into this film. We are going to talk about some of our favorite scenes. We're just kind of going to go through the film a little bit scene by scene, kind of talk about some of the imagery, some of our favorite parts of it, some of the things we really dug about this film as we sit here, drink our cocktail, our Jay's Firebug, <laughs> and we dissect this film. So stay tuned. Welcome back. Hope you like the musical interludes this episode. The music in the film, the score in this film is not as iconic as something like Jurassic Park where I can just get kind of like remixes and stuff like that of it and put them up with audio in it. What I'm going to have to do is, well, what I've done is, I just found some fucking dope-ass rock and roll songs that I really like that I feel like just kind of fit with this with this <laughs> film. Because, so. uh... This Rock and roll cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> but so this film, uh, like just watching it again, um, I realized that like it's it's kind of it reminds me a lot of Gears of War. Should I say like Gears of War reminds me a lot of like this movie, like that kind of like militaristic society that exists, like space marines and just all manner of badassery. Yeah. Yeah, Halloish. Yeah, just I and I don't know whether that's that whether that's this drawing on whether whether it's Starship Troopers drawing on other sci-fi things that came before it and kind of playing into that, or whether it's these things are kind of drawing from that, or you can even draw a line and say all of these things draw from the original Starship Troopers book, which yeah. you know kind of really started like that whole sci-fi space marines type thing. But I don't think the novel is really that popular for people to to really be drawing stuff from. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I mean, I I think the whole genre was was popular. I I, I do kind of feel like these a lot of these games do have to have at least drawn something from the movie because almost all of them came out well after the movie. So even your even your uh, your main assault rifle in Halo looks an awful lot like the assault rifle that you see here. I mean, in and, and then when you think about it, like uh, what. Uh, the master sergeant or whoever it is, when Master you, Chief. When, master Chief, sorry, my bad. But when you look at that, like even I his love you, armor, Cortana. even his armor is like reminiscent of the armor like that's talked about in the in book. book. Yeah, yeah. And then if you watch the Starship Troopers Invasion animated film, which is honestly the best sequel, <laughs> that, that Star, it's not as good as Starship Troopers, you know, the original one, nowhere near as good as that. Um, but it's far better than starship troopers 2 and starship troopers 3 and how do i know that because i'm a sick motherfucker and i watched <laughs> all the starship Trooper films. Yeah. <laughs> now and that I, is commitment right and i know that starship troopers 2 is terrible uh it's about brain bugs but mini brain bugs that burrow into people's heads and all everybody is stuck at this one military base and slowly like one, it's almost like a pseudo horror film one by one they're all being taken over by these mini brain bugs it's kind of shit uh, Starship Troopers 3 uh, finds themselves with a new 
Sky Marshall, who is also a recording musical artist. So, and this was made in like 2008. So it's kind of like very topical where we had like people of celebrity becoming becoming politicians and stuff like that. They were really playing off of that. They were really okay. playing off of the fact that like someone for their fame and notoriety uh, in, in this world. Instead be- of what they knew. Right. Because he had served in the military, had become the new Sky Marshall. Mm. Uh, and he also became controlled by the brain bug. The brain bug that we, the same brain bug that we see in this original Starship Troopers, and that is the first time in the series that we get the mech suits in okay. Starship Troopers Marauders. They wear the mech suits that are talked about in the book that we've seen in the book. Um, that that you know is that, that really they should be wearing in this first movie, but for budgetary restraints and yeah. stuff like that, they they don't. Uh, now Van Diem was in three, wasn't he? Casper Van Dien came yeah. back for three. Um, he as, did, as Rico? As Rico. Of course, yeah. Uh, so he comes back. Uh, they actually put Rico to death in that one. Oof. And he dies, but he gets saved oh, <laughs> at the last second of for course. a secret mission. So now everyone thinks John Rico's dead. Rico! You know what to do! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it, I will say this. As bad as Starship Troopers 3 Marauders is... It's it's miles miles better than the second one. <laughs> the second one is just such fucking trash. Uh, and then I watched Starship Troopers Invasion today, uh, the animated film from 2012. Far and wide the best sequel that it has. I mean, that's got two sequels, an animated film about it, three I sequels mean, now, three almost sequels? four. Because in 2017, uh, Starship Troopers traitor of mars will be coming out in select I think theaters I did see that yeah for one night uh for one night fandom events presents <laughs> starship troopers traitor of mars see it you gotta for think that's one night be a only. big budget if it's only going out for one night yeah, it's 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 a computer animated film yeah. much in the same vein as like your resident evil degenerations your uh castlevania that's on uh right now on netflix, netflix yep. um other films uh I, I believe even halo has a computer generated film out yeah no it had the uh it had the one where they took all yeah. different anime yeah. anime uh directors and artists and had them do their own so uh, animatrix stuff like that it's kind of like in the veins of that. Yep. I, th- I even think um, Mass Effect has done one too. Yeah, so, so it's not like a mainstream, like everybody's no. going to see it so that there's a big budget theater movie that everyone's going to pay their money to go see, but it's still going to... Market it to assholes yeah. like me. They're mar- <laughs> yeah. Completionist assholes like yeah. myself. I-, I love that word, completionist. Yes, <laughs> so the director, Paul uh, Verhoeven, is... An interesting guy. Like he, he's done some interesting films in the in the back in the day. I mean, he started off probably his biggest film that kicked his career off was RoboCop in '87, and then following up with Total Recall, and then Basic Instinct. You know, that's kind of flipping it on its head a little bit with a little psycho, psychosexual kind of thriller. And then Showgirls was such a weird. He didn't do Showgirls. He did. He did the the made for TV edit, and he, oh, he did, did it. And he did it under a different name. Oh, Jan Johnson. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then, and then Starship Troopers. And then Starship Troopers. And then, um, actually, last year, two thousand six, he Ellie. came back with L. L. And uh, Isabella Hubert, she she won an Oscar for that performance in her. Um, I want to echo. Movie, so. I want to echo something that Justin from So I Married a Movie Geek talked about this week on his, uh, on his fantasy movie draft nineteen ninety films. He talked about Total Recall, and he begged for Paul Verhoeven and. Arnold Schwarzenegger to get back one more time before both of them 
have no chance at a career anymore <laughs> or one of them dies and i agree with that i think sci-fi films of at least decent caliber you know are, are kind of like going away you get like great ones like the martian but they're so grounded in reality they want to ground themselves in such like reality and like such that it's almost impossible to get something fantastical now valerian is about to come out a week after we record this so it'll have been out for two weeks by the time you listener are, are hearing this um Time will tell on that one, but I'm hearing mixed things. It's just very kind of mixed things. I just I miss fun sci-fi. I miss like that. Type it might of come shit. back though. I mean, you look at look at the horror genre. For how long was that out that you never saw a good horror movie? Well, and then all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden, there's just like every year, there's like more than what four or five great horror movies. Like true. really scary shit your pants horror films. But most of them are are more. Are more on, on a smaller scale, and it's because of the limitations of them that make them great, you know. Uh, and I'm finding that with like a lot of sci fi films now, like modern sci fi films, Moon with uh Sam Rockwell, mm-hmm. uh, Ex Machina with Simple, yeah, with, Simplicity. with like Oscar Isaac, Dom Hall Gleason. Uh, I'm, you know, I think of that, and it's like it's almost like what we talked about with Jurassic Park, where it's like when you have constraint. You have a budget. You have to work within it, and you can't do the fantastical. Like, imagine what Starship Troopers would have looked like if they all got to wear the mech suits. If, if oh yeah, you know, they had Jurassic Park money and can do a proper mixture of practical effects and and CGI monsters. I mean, it's mostly CGI bugs throughout the entire film, and you can tell. I mean, it's dated. You can tell, but at the same time, it's still For the time. It was okay. Uh, yeah, it's still holds up though i mean right we talked about this in jurassic park you know i mean you can see where the budget went into that type of like with a lot of the dinosaurs where you could tell right. which ones were generated which ones were uh, some sort of mechanical but not so much that you get taken out of exactly yeah. exactly and this is the same thing you know they're generated there's nothing on earth that possibly looks like these bugs in this film but at the same time, it doesn't take it away from you. That's true. You don't, you don't not watch the movie going, they're not real. No. Well, we, I mean, we also have no real world allegory to like put them against, yeah. right? Like I always talk about my, my, like when I see films and they try to do an actual animal that we are aware of in this world in CGI, you, you kind of wind up really being taken out of it. Like I think of, well, you know what takes away from it? I think of the bear in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. All right. the apes look fantastic, but that bear looked like shit that kind of like took me out of it um just for that one scene is the lighting daytime when it's like really brightly lit daytime the cgi is always going to look more flawed in in that kind of setting and that kind of lighting than say like jurassic park in the dark and the rain or something like that you just get a little bit more of a buffer doing it that way um and especially in that time when this was kind of really just kicking off like really big grand cgi it's not bad. I mean, it really isn't. This is right on the heels coming off of uh, Jurassic Park time for the most part. Three after years, a few after. years Yeah, three years. Yeah. And um, no, I mean, it, it's fine. It's just that, you know, like I said, just the lighting, you know, simple little things that probably could have been improved a little bit more if it had a cinematographer a right. little bit more up so let's let's run through the film and talk about some of our some of our favorite parts of it. Just just kind of like the main story points, and we'll get into like the scenes we really, really fucking dig. And then uh, after this, we'll get into our behind the scenes stuff, some of the stuff that influenced the film, some of the stuff that 
that really makes it stand the test of time. The more you know about this film, the, uh, about like the background the more of it, it gets. the more interesting it gets. So this film uh, is about Johnny Rico, a young uh, senior in high school who lives in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Uh, and as they say later on in the film, the Latin paradise. <laughs> and Johnny Rico is dating a young woman uh, by the name of Ibanez, Carmen Ibanez, who is played by Denise Richards. And his best friend is Carl, the lovable Neil Patrick Harris, who also has psychic abilities. That's something yeah, that exists yeah. in this future world. Yeah, it does. It, 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 that was always not kind of explained very well in the film. It's but, not, no. But yeah, it says that he has some sort of a psychic... Yeah, I mean, you see him do that little card tricks that were going on there but right and that that is their that is kind of like this world's litmus test for whether you are or are not psychic in some way reminded me very much of the scene in ghostbusters yes it did yeah, you know where, where he, he was deliberately getting the guy wrong and he was zapping him with electricity that because he loved he, he, he liked he would prefer to give it to the good looking girl i was waiting for him to get zapped when he got something wrong you, you keep the five bucks i'm getting tired of this <laughs> That was uh, Rick Moranis too, wasn't it? No, Rick Moranis played uh, played Lewis Tully. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so his best friend's Carl, played by Neil Patrick Harris, who has some psychic ability. Now this this play takes place in twenty one ninety seven, which is two hundred years uh, after the film is made, technically. So it's kind of like I now for me, I didn't know it took place in twenty one ninety seven because there's not many spots in the film where they really mention that the, the year. year. I think it might be in like the corner of the would you like to know more yeah. stuff. Uh, but I don't like when they date things because whether this film will be around in 200 years or not stands to reason. But when it is, everyone's going to go like, we don't have guns like that. We're all in cars at the same time, I, I really kind of liked how like it, it didn't try to make everything futuristic. Like it wasn't a Jetsons type of setting real world setting so you didn't see the flying cars right. flying around they're or, playing fucking football yeah, man and, and they're playing like and they're at a school dance with music that sounds like it's from 1997 <laughs> but it's it doesn't date it to say 2197 oh look what we've advanced into i mean of course when you get up into the sky and see right the huge big spaceships and again everything we like come that, to budget yeah. <laughs> and if you look at the point where rico decides he's going to leave uh, what he's walking to is kind of like a transportation tube mm -hmm. that they have. I don't think they really use automobiles. They don't really use anything yeah. fun. So he's walking. His family's so rich, they have their own transportation tube that would probably take him to the nearest tube station. You yeah. know, uh, I thought that was a kind of – and it's only after watching that, this movie like 15, 16 times that I realized like, what the hell is that over there? And I yeah. saw there's a kind of like a long tube coming off of it. And it looks a lot like the tube that Carmen takes later on. I was like, oh. And that scene that, – that reminds me if you've ever gone to Orlando uh, – uh, to the airport i've been there. and you have to take the, the, the monorail, monorail right that's what that scene reminds me of right there <laughs> taking that monorail because it, it, it only goes one way it, it it goes to a stop and that's where you get off one and, I, and it goes to the other so when it goes away like that yeah. it looks like that sh that scene i think i pissed my wife off when we were in uh orlando in the airport because we take the monorail and and we get on it and i jump on it and every time i think of a monorail i think of the 1950s i think of bucky balls everything like disney kind of is right. and i just go welcome to the world of tomorrow <laughs> what are you doing gary it's called showmanship <laughs> reminds me of futurama <laughs> where it's like monorails were supposed to be like the, the wave of the future yeah. no longer would we have to bust through mountains to like the simpsons episode yeah. too where, monorail where, yeah. what's that called monorail what's that name monorail 
Oh. And he sells it to the town and Mono. runs away with no. the money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was way off track, but I loved it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, every time I see something like that, I'm yeah, just no, like... <laughs> I agree, I agree. Like this, this thing was supposed to revolutionize the world, and yeah. yet it's only used yeah, in this one down. city, yeah. in this one country, in all of the entire <laughs> fucking world. <laughs> Are we still using the magnetic one rail system? <laughs> uh so anyway rico uh I, I really love the scene that they do with rico in 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 class where Radchek is kind of like just like you know what is the difference between uh you know wh- what's needed yeah what's what's different between a a citizen and a i forget what he refers to what uh yeah no citizen and a um civilian and a civilian right so what's the difference between a, a citizen and a civilian and you know he kind of gives them like the textbook definition like you this is where you learn like only citizens are people who got to serve and people who served in the military become citizens citizens are the only ones that have a say in in the political in the political world and they're the only ones that can run for political office so pretty much if you're a civilian the only thing you do is you go to work and you live your life. However, they do set up like this sort of class system where it seems like people who are civilians get some extras. Are, yeah. are, are people who are just civilians, though, seem to be the upper Possibly, class. Yeah. Seem to be the upper class. Where citizens tend to be kind of like the middle and the lower class. Because Rico's family, he, like his dad mentions, like there's no way you're joining up, and, yeah. and he's clearly a civilian. Uh, and doesn't well, he looked, want to yeah, he looked wealthy. I mean, right, yeah. he was wealthy, and they kind of set up like this. Like it almost seems like a class system. Where, you know, because when you get to the point that they're, where they're in training, they're all mentioning what they're, one's a farm boy, you know, one's a, one's a kid from the inner city who wants to be a writer. Another one is just well, some it, podunk woman who wants to be a mom. That's, and, that's what I found interesting is that, was she saying that you can't have children unless you're a citizen? I you mean, have to apply for a license to get to, to have children. Oh, and she and was it's saying easier, it's easier if you're a if citizen. If you're a citizen. Yeah, that's right. right. So I, I found that all like very interesting, and you get all that in, in in very small scenes that you're really only getting if you're kind of paying attention. If yeah. you're if you're only paying attention to to the knives getting thrown in Jake Busey's hands and the giant bugs getting exploded by Rico, then you're you're kind of missing like this this futuristic world that they're kind of building, and you're also missing kind of like those references that we'll talk about later on as we get into like the behind the scenes stuff. Um, you're kind of missing those those little references and stuff, the stuff that really makes this a cult classic. And that's where the book went into a lot more detail right. with that sort of stuff too. I mean, the movie is very much has scenes that are almost almost it feels like word for word. Like you were talking about that scene of what's the difference between a citizen and a civilian. Right. That's almost exactly word for word. Would you from like to know more? Because he's the 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 uh, teacher in the in the book is like trying to get it and he says why are you giving me the textbook yeah Ratchak tells him he's just like yeah Ratchak straight out of the book and it's like and that is that is literally it is straight (laughs) from the book (laughs) but uh but there's so much that is different as well in the book as opposed to the the film as well I mean oh yeah Johnny and his family are are well to do in the book his name's not even Uh, Johnny no no, it's not even Johnny it's um Juan yeah Juan yeah Juan Johnny Rico uh, he's a Filipino right and I, that's totally whitewashed off in the the film. You're not gonna have Casper Van Diem, blonde haired, well, blue eyed back then in '97. A blonde haired, yeah, blue eyed kid from Buenos Aires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and even the the fact that it takes place in South America is awfully interesting. Because where did the Nazis go after World War II? That's true. There's uh-huh. a lot of Nazi imagery in the film. Stuff I mean, we'll get to later. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I never thought of that. Rico, oh, I never thought of that. Rico, uh, just he 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 makes the choice to to become a citizen. Uh, we do know that Rico's dumb. 
Yeah. We know that Rico's not. We know that Rico's not book smart. We know that he got a thirty-five percent in math, while his girlfriend got a ninety-seven percent. We know that his friend Carl's very. He's a jock. Right. He's you know he's not dumb. Typical yeah. Jock. Yeah. He's just he's he's just uh, a guy. He's, he's an artist. But fuck, he's got some, he's got some great abs. Right. He's got great abs. We he's see them a, when he gets when he gets his corporal punishment. He's a, he's a good-looking man. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I'm I'm wondering why Kyle wasn't looking anymore. <laughs> you know? So so what winds up happening is uh, his girlfriend is joining. His girlfriend is joining uh, Skyfleet. His friend takes the test and gets military intelligence. Carl, who's played by Neil Patrick Harris, and he gets mobile infantry because of his because of his level of intelligence, now, his book now, smartness. You brought that up. That scene is kind of funny. Like I, from the book, the book explains it a lot more about the scene about how he goes to sign up and how they they each sign up and they each get their individual jobs. Like uh, like you said, Carl's get. Carl gets military intelligence. Right. She's going for Starfleet. He ends up getting MI, mobile infantry. Right. But in the movie... Which is the Marines. I I didn't like the way that they kind of... When Carl comes up and and he was talking about games and theory and... Right. It it sounded weird. Like, it was almost like it was a game. Like, these, these young kids were signing up and the names they gave it... Oh, you're going for games and theory. No, I got something else. Oh, that's military intelligence. Well, just call it military intelligence. Don't call it right. games and theory. I right. mean, it just, it sounded kind of funny to me. It that's reminded funny. me a lot of, like, my one of my favorite sci-fi films of the past, like, five years. Big sci-fi films. Ender's Game, which is yeah. a fantastic book as well. Oh, I, I read Ender's Game in one night. I, I got recommended by somebody. So I read good. it all through the night. I didn't stop. And the next morning, I was but like, that, wow. But that book is better move- than the movie. The book is better than the movie, but the movie is pretty fucking good. The movie is pretty good. And it stars... It flew under the radar. And it stars my favorite, Harrison Ford. What are you going to do, Ender? You're going to destroy the bugs, Ender. Another another story about humans versus bugs. That uh, And a book that was written around the same era as... Yeah, I would say around the same, yeah. So they they each get their own respective parts to to play. And we kind of don't see Carl for a a long time. But we do catch up with Rico and and Carmen. Rico Mm -hmm. immediately goes to Mobile Infantry. And there he he meets Zeb, uh, his drill instructor. And I love Zeb. And I love I love the cast of characters they put around. Clancy him. Brown is a classic. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, I always remember Clancy Brown from Pet Cemetery Two. Yep. <laughs> so in in Mobile Infantry, he's kind of it's it's very strange because we know they're fighting bugs, and here's the part that I don't get: was the bug war already going on, or were they just already a known threat? Kind of like how how America saw maybe Russia at the time. Kind of how maybe America movie sees China. Yeah, the movie doesn't make that. They clear. don't explain. Now they do say in the very beginning of the film, uh, it's the movie starts with a newsreel with a public service announcement, which uh, it's clear that 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 the media is controlled by the citizens in this world. So public service announcements. But I love the way that they made it like a web browser. Yeah, it's kind of like it was different for the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, this is almost pre-internet. Right. It was. It was. It was. Yeah. Pro- it, Internet infancy. Yeah, they, they make it seem like it's something new. What? Like, because of the news and because of the, like the and fathers. They, they made it seem like it was it was futuristic when right. really that's 
what we do now. And yeah. in the beginning, you know, they talk about for more, huh? they talk about the yeah. the Mormons who yeah. <laughs> who, who went to go who went to go start out the uh, the 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 Saint Joseph uh, Academy. Well just said oh, the, the, the Joseph, Jews went out there. <laughs> <laughs> the Joseph Smith, uh, the yeah. Joseph Smith colony, yeah. and they get destroyed by bugs. And at this time, I guess they're not really at war with the bugs. They're just kind of like a known threat, and clearly a known yeah. threat because they're dissecting them in school. Yeah. To, to learn more about them. I it's I don't think there was the war until that scene in the movie right. where the asteroid is flung at the Earth right. causing the uh, destruction of Buenos Aires. I think that is when war is declared. Right. Even though I think we've kind of sort of Yes, we are they're an enemy, but we're not a war. Maybe a cold war situation yeah. kind of thing. There it's it's clear that there's human expansion going on in space and that's what's causing this level of conflict. Uh, but right, it's not outright war. But what, what what and what I'm getting at is what they're not talking about is the in the in mobile infantry training. They're they're very hand-to-hand combat, human versus human. So much so that, like, in their training, the stuff that's popping up yep. is... It's firing, la- it's firing lasers back at them. Right, firing lasers, at, but at mannequins shaped like people. Yeah. Not not shaped like bugs. Uh, and you kind of get this hint uh, between what Ratchak was talking about and between everything that's been going on, that the last great war that these people fought was a civil war between citizens and civilians, people who served, who took over. Yeah. And Ratchak even says, like, when the citizens took control of yeah. the government so there's clearly like a coup and again at that's, some that's point. mentioned a lot more in the book right than in the movie but but yeah you, you're right i mean it's it's almost like they're preparing for something like that again right like a civil war again like there's going to be another person standing across from them right. firing at them that you need to fire at them you know to be the victor so much so that jake Busey uh has has the great line he's like sir i don't get it throwing knives uh, isn't warfare just a push-button war anymore? And it's like, put your hand on that wall, son. Yeah. <laughs> and he throws the <laughs> knife into it. If you disable the hand, the enemy cannot push a button. <laughs> Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the guy who plays Clancy Brown's superior should also be recognizable because he was in Breaking Bad. And, I mean, he's been in, in a ton of things anymore. But Dean Norris. Yeah. I mean, he he, you know, he played he played Hank in Breaking Bad, and he looks exactly the same. He in has not aged at all. <laughs> he does. Ninety seven, and he looks exactly. I love the same. it. Just as broad, slightly rounder now, <laughs> <laughs> slightly bolder. Well, same with Clancy Brown. Yeah, he looks the same right now yeah. as he did back then too. True, and and yeah. and Michael Ironside. Yeah, Michael Ironside. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> ageless wonders. Yep. And when we say ageless wonders, we mean they looked fifty. 20 years ago and they look 50 now (laughs) (laughs) perpetually 50 uh so rico goes through training uh and and he he becomes squad leader you know it's it's what he was going for uh and they kind of set up like this this kind of like it's almost weird if they set up jake Busey to be like his adversary like they're both going for squad leader position i kind of find it weird that whole relationship between him and but jake Busey Busey. shows no prowess for the job whatsoever and even when he becomes squad leader after rico's fuck up you're like that's the scene that i don't get as well is like after rico fucks up um as you put it he like he's taking his lashes he's getting he's getting whipped on the on the whipping post right there and then Busey's standing back and he's got the little like squad leader he's enjoying it he's enjoying it but i thought they'd become friends and all of a sudden he's enjoying it and then later on in the movie they're like 
having to protect each other and they're getting tattoos together yeah. and everything yeah. like that. They're the best of friends. Yet that one scene almost kind of shows him as a sadistic bastard yeah. that he's happy that he's lost I just a don't squad think, leader. I just don't think he can separate the crazy of his father. <laughs> you know, I learned the meaning of the universe by staring into a cat's ass. <laughs> Jake Busey. That is... Uh, uh, I mean, I'm, I can't. I'm, I can't wait for for his motorcycle accident that causes him to become just as crazy as his father. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Rico does does get his ten lashes. Uh, he does get his corporal punishment because he ordered uh, one of his men to take his helmet off during squad duties during a live fire exercise that wound up uh, with someone dying because they got shot in the head. Now I wonder, friendly fire too. Right, it's would, not even from the, like the live fire no, from the enemy but would that helmet have stopped shit he was shot in the face by the way <laughs> so did rico really deserve that i think it was more the fact that he what he did than right. what happened <laughs> the fact that he he didn't think about what was happening you know he got the guy to take off his helmet blah 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 right i think that was more of what it was that you know they were saying hey you shouldn't have done that in the first place let alone that because you did that he got shot is that you shouldn't have done that in the first place. And this is where uh, Zeb kind of becomes a real character. And not and not just whatever persona he's putting on to be the yep. drill sergeant. Bite down on this sun. It helps. And yet he, I know. He, he spits <laughs> it out off the five. Well, I, I think he, he's exhausted yeah. and just kind of like lets everything go. And just kind of lays yeah, there I, and takes it. <laughs> yeah. I do love that scene. I love that like they get to five six and it starts it starts doing like the slow screen fade yeah. away into space and you hear him count all the way to 10 it just kind of like fades out fades like away. a little bit i like it because it's very juxtaposition like this is what rico's going through in his hell and here's carmen yeah. she loves every minute of it so yeah so the the story changes now over to carmen and i always found this scene interesting so carmen gets to gets to fly uh gets to fly the big ship uh, she's very risky. She's very ballsy. You know, she takes it within three meters of, of hitting of hitting the dock uh, and then takes it out. And then later on, she changes the navs. Just very like, you know, she's very pompous about it. She's, she's just a, like, check it. It's she's right. She's a cadet. Right. And she's doing, and she's also able to get away with all this stuff. Right. It kind of shows like the she, arrogance in, in effect. And she has too much clearance. Take, yeah. take some of that away. But then immediately after that, a mysterious object comes through space and strikes the ship. And the uh, the the uh, the captain of the ship comes down. And she's like, "Oh, we had a great team. You guys are perfect." No one points out the fact if she didn't change the navs, six hundred people that were <laughs> up in that in that piece of the ship that fell off wouldn't be dead right yeah. now. And maybe they would have given right. more warning to Buenos Aires because they might have seen the. The, the thing, thing coming. coming. Yeah. And no, no one gives her 10 lashes. Yeah. You know, she just kind of gets like, a, she gets a fucking good job yeah. for, for fucking up. While Rico is, is fucking stripped of his command. Yeah. Uh, he is 10 lashed. So much so that almost he, walks out. Yeah. He almost leaves until that same asteroid Destroys hits Buenos Aires. I would like to think that it was going for Rio, but because it deflected off the ship, it actually hit Buenos Aires. <laughs> That's a good point. If it didn't hit the ship, maybe Rio would have been gone. That's right. right. It yeah. could have been anywhere else. Uh, but it, it No, I agree. Up- I mean, just the fact that the when she, again, back to that scene when she's taking the ship out. I mean, she's a cadet. She's a trainee. Like, and, and when you see her getting ready to go up to the ship when she's racing that other girl, she goes, I get to fly that today. Right. You know? And then the fact that when she's it almost as as a a boss looking at somebody that you're training and they do that, you're like, you're a smart ass. Yeah. I, I don't want you to ever do that again. Slow Otherwise, your you're fucking fired. Yeah. 
we'll, I mean, we'll get there someday. Well, she yeah. was always drawn to something like that, even like in the very beginning. Doesn't matter. I you think, don't do it when you're training in front of your right. boss. You know. I think what it gives. What I think what it goes down to is the the is is the differences in training between the two forms of of the military brilliance is is accepted and fostered and and really incubated in starfleet mm-hmm. where in mobile infantry it's all about it's just like it isn't just doing your military, job breaking people down yep. to their base level building them back up uh into mountains of muscle and and tactical thinking and and and, and Corporal punishment works in that aspect, whereas if you were to corporal punish somebody who's going to be captaining a half of a million ton starship, you might wind up creating someone with some psychological issues. You might wind up creating someone with some problems, whereas that type of stuff might work in the favor of mobile infantry. But someone who's in command of so many people flying a starship, it might not be so conducive. I I agree with you there. It's just still the arrogance of it. Yeah, absolutely. You're learning something new here, and you're you're taking it within what we, three meters of the. And can the we dock? talk about I mean, the guy who's training her? I think his name's Marco. I want to say, oh uh, yeah, the, who's training her? He left for academy what three days yeah, before her, exactly, and now yeah. he's training her. And it's like yeah. shit, move things, things yeah. move fast in this yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, then then we get to the fact that Must Buenos, be different academies. Yeah, Buenos Aires <laughs> is destroyed. Uh, they're also not very good at telling us timely. Buenos Aires is destroyed, and that is when the world Rico rejoins the mobile infantry, and that's another point where you get to see how human Zeb is. When uh, Rico has already signed his paperwork to leave, he was already going to scrub out. He goes goes back to Dean Norris, goes back to Clancy Brown, and he tells them, you know, I would like to, I, I'd like to reenlist. You know, I, I want to be part of this. He's like, I'm from Buenos Aires, sir, yeah. and you know, he's just like, yeah, you're already signed your paperwork it's already done and i love how zeb just goes up to him and he's just like is this your signature son yes it's sir just, just the facial features of it doesn't look like it's a me and just yeah, rips it up it and up. i was like oh i fucking sly little it. smile on his face like yeah i know i'm doing something wrong here but psh, fuck it fuck yeah. <laughs> i'm sending this kid off to die I yeah can't wait. exactly exactly <laughs> this this that's what you want in a soldier is somebody that's gonna have the revenge that you want no dumb son of a bitch ever won a war by dying for his exactly. country son he won by making the other dumb son of a bitch die for his <laughs> uh so we now find out that they are gonna attack uh Clendactu. <laughs> and we get the big battle scene that is teased in the beginning when the news reporter is saying yeah. it's a dirty planet it's an ugly planet it's a bug planet <laughs> <laughs> and the humans get the shit beat out of them and it's at this point you might be wondering where is the artillery where are the tanks where is the big the movie didn't have the budget why for why are you just <laughs> blowing the shit out of this planet right. from right. the air they, they talk about nukes all the time yeah. like, nuke the bastards yeah all right, where are they? Huh? Is uranium in short supply in, yeah, in, in the future? I mean, have we have we mined it all after the third uh, nuclear war? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and this is the point where Rico meets his demise. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, where first he gets, demise, right? Here he gets yeah. the hole through his leg. Uh, the 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 dying bug breaks through his leg, uh, and we find out that he's that he's KIA. And At least we, Common does, anyway. Right. And then we find out that he's actually in the back to tank. Yeah. Uh, so it's all out war, and every cadet... That, 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 that scene's probably as well where it seals him as being, hey, this is, I'm MI. I'm mobile infantry. I'm going to fight or die. You know. It I, also I, is the scene that he lets go of who he was and yeah. embraces who he is yeah. now. 
Uh, and the same for Carmen, who did that much sooner for him, where yeah. she sent him the video message and she broke up with him, where she's basically saying, like, I can't That's a do... terrible message, too. I can't do this. I, you know, I can't be career with, with you. Isn't it beautiful? There. Yeah. <laughs> it's far more beautiful than your penis. Yeah. I don't ever want to see it again. Yeah. I got Marco's yeah. penis now. Yeah, uh, exactly. He's close, huh? And him and Marco fight. And I do love that scene <laughs> where he's just like, y'all hear that? Rank doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> does he, he does some wrestling moves on him, too, in that fight. And you talk about the hubris of Starfleet. He's Him and Carmen are the only Starfleet there. Yeah. He's surrounded by mobile infantry. And yeah. he's like, yeah, whatever. I'll fuck yeah, him up I'll anyway. Fight him anyway. Yeah. And unfortunately, you might think... Like it's Re- not like a normal fight, too. That's like You might think Rico wins that well, fight. Well, actually, sorry. He that doesn't. is like a normal fight. It's not all punching. It's like right. grappling and like yeah. falling over everywhere. <laughs> it's like... It's not just like... Bam, bam. <laughs> you know, they stand up and they each take their licks and then... And then afterwards, Rico gets... After he... I, I still think he loses. Marco wins. Yeah. Uh, he, he gets drunk and goes and gets a tattoo. <laughs> As you do. As you do. And then really, you know, him and Carmen part ways again. It seems like it's the final time. And they go off to war for another... Uh, to Against another planet. And this is where he joins the Roughnecks. Yeah. Radchecks Roughnecks. Woo! <laughs> and they go off to planet p at this planet point p, yep and they're going after a colony that's been destroyed and they're gonna go find out what happened and here they find out planet p is home of of a large insect arachnid bug colony whatever you want to call it they're 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 really they play fast and, this and loose is, with and this names. is kind of where they start to explain that the reason why they're going down as mi instead of blowing the shit out of the planet is that they they want to know more. They're, they're looking for more. They need to know what's going on. Which is the theme of the film and the theme yeah. of humanity. Would yeah. you like to know more? Yeah. <laughs> and this is where Rico hooks up with Diz, who has been chasing him since they were in high school. She followed him to mobile infantry. She even requested a change to his unit while they were in training. And now she's here with him here. And she finally gets to have him. They have. You the can w- see why he does kind of think right. that it's kind of sad of her, though, right? A bit. I mean, but but yeah, I think in high school you would find it more flattering than sad. Yeah. And you you but you know he accepts it, uh, and he he's finding now in him a counterbalance of someone who's more like him than Carmen ever was, and they have the most awkward sex. Oh, <laughs> that's the most terrible. Yeah. Well, I mean, her shirt gets stuck over her eyes, and yeah. he decides, you know what? No, this is good. You have something over yeah, your face. That's I'll right. Just, I'll pretend you're. We'll Carmen. just work with it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll work with it. <laughs> but uh, like, my also thought is like, surely, like with everything that we've seen in the training and everything leading up, like she, she goes in for the fight with uh, with uh, Clancy Brown Zim right off the bat. Now yep. the book explains that a little bit more too. Is that like he calls them out like in the first time that he's meeting them says, "Is there anybody here that would like to?" take me on and the farm boy raises and, his and hand the farm boy gets and, his arm and, broken and all, yeah and 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 it turns out to be a little i want to say a little asian guy like whose father was a soldier who zim had fought with that ends up not getting not quite kicking his butt but getting pretty close to it right um and he he's basically he he while he's like knocking this kid out he's basically like hey you know come back and let's do this again at some other time yeah um, Zeb, but, Zeb loves to fight. Yeah, exactly. But it. she takes him on. Yeah. Like, and she gets knocked out. But, but she gets surely, a hit in. Yeah. But surely she's a better squad leader than Boosie. Surely she's a better squad leader than Rico. Yeah. <laughs> and she's never, is, is it because she's a woman? 
I mean, what? What? Why is she never in the selection process here? Let's think about the time that the book was written, and yeah. let's think about even the time that the film came out. Well. <laughs> and let's think about the abs of Casper Van Dien. Clearly, those abs are leadership material. Yep. <laughs> So after their sex romp, they go to the colony. And, 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 and oh, well, just going back to that again is like uh, Ratchek, like coming and, and catching them in the middle. It's almost like of he's coitus. We'll put it that way of coitus. And like he's like, oh, it's you. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? We're busy going to war, but hey, take an extra ten minutes or whatever it is. An I extra can do twenty that. minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I can do that. I mean. Uh, I love that you know if 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 you've seen the movie you obviously know Ratchak was his teacher and now Ratchak is his commander. I would like to think that the reason Ratchak lets them do it is he's like I've always been rooting for you kids. Yeah, yeah. I, I keep my ears to the rumors. Yeah, in I hated I had the fact that you like Kamen. I, 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 you, you were better off with this. This is a better fit. <laughs> yeah, get it in, son. Yeah. <laughs> that and the fact that he's probably like, okay, we're going off the planet P. You're probably all gonna Ruta. die right now. Get some on. Get some. Right yeah. Now. Get yeah. It in. Uh, so they get to planet P, they go to the colony, colony's fucking destroyed and they get set on by massive amounts of bugs. They call in for airstrike, they call in for air relief and Carmen and Marco show up to save the day. And this is where Diz meets her demise. And I've always loved her death. Like I thought her death was. And, and, And that again is a trope that you don't, you don't see sometimes in all the movies that we watch these days where the, the heroes cannot die i mean i love seeing that in movies yeah i love seeing that knowing that you're watching now we all know that rico's not going to die the movie is about rico but knowing that the fact that 10 minutes earlier him and diz were getting it on technically in the movie but not in the timeline right. of course but like and all of a sudden she's gone like i love that yeah. and i always relate this back myself to game of thrones oh yeah. i i read the book and before I watched the show. But one of the big things, I, I work for a telecommunications company. I'll put it that way. Yeah. But um, we sell a lot of HBO. When HBO was was first coming out with Game of Thrones, they had life-size posters of Ned Stark. <laughs> right. And that's how they were advertising he wow. was also, Game of Thrones. He was also the biggest star on the show. Exactly. Sean right. Beam's but the biggest But you know what? Actor. Within how many episodes? Nine. He nine. lasted nine episodes. He was gone. I love that. Me I love too. the fact that they could take one of these main characters who they focus so much on, he's it's, gone. It's a line from the book that doesn't make it into the series often, but the lone wolf dies, yep. the pack survives. <laughs> and you give it automatically a lot more respect. So oh, when yeah. show, so you, you find know out- it's real. You, right. It's more realistic. Yeah. When you know people the, can die, the stakes are raised. Especially important people, right. exactly. And Ratchak also meets his yeah. end here, and this is where we get the 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 reason for our cocktail tonight: the fire bug. You know yeah. the, that they were previously shooting bombs out of their ass, but now they can come out of the ground. They kind of come out of the ground and shoot yeah, acid from their face. <laughs> we didn't see too much of that, but that that was like that was shooting them up towards the the spaceships in the sky. That were like right. like laser bolts or like lightning strikes or whatever they were coming out of their ass. I don't know, but. Like giant big blue, ass fire blue plasma yeah, balls coming I, right I mean, out of the, right coming right out of the thorax. You don't you don't get an explanation of it. That's just there happening. So uh, Diz dies, Radshack dies, and this is you know the point that they they get their extraction. They know that Planet P is the place. Obviously, there's a big bug presence, and this is where military intelligence steps in. And we haven't seen Carl at this point since Carl gave his little would you like to know more video yeah. where he talks about you know 
shooting them like shooting a, them in the stem, shooting them in the, basically the spinal cord. Yep. It, it makes them it makes them twenty it makes them only twenty percent effective. But you blow off a limb, they're still eighty percent effective. So shoot for the stem. Uh, and we haven't seen him since that point. Uh, obviously, some time has passed, and he is higher up in the military chain. And I'm surprised he's not spies. Uh, was. I commander by now. I mean, <laughs> it seems like it moves honestly, that Yeah, and and in this world, they're not afraid to to fire a leader yeah. right very quickly because of their attack on Klandatu was so poorly received, and so many men died. I mean, when they talk about the deaths that happened, it was in the millions. Yeah. millions of mobile infantry died. After the millions of people died, they relieved the sky commander of his of his of his duties, and they enact a new one very quickly. And that's like a theme that happens throughout yeah. the rest of the movies. There's always a new sky commander, always someone new, the new idea, and it's almost like corporate America today. Yeah, young and new is better than old and staunchy. You know, like uh, experience doesn't mean as much as knowledge. Yep. You know, uh, or the 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 difference between knowledge and wisdom. It's stuff like that. Uh, but anyway. So they are now going to go back to Planet P. It's now Rico's Roughnecks. <laughs> and, and, and going on that, I mean, he how long has he been in the, the squad? I mean... Like they said, the, Passage I mean, of Time like, sucks in this film. And again, we were just talking about the women of how, like, she should have... This should have had a leader. The, there the, was a the, woman who was there before. The the, there was woman. a woman that was there before. And that, like, what, um, knocked out um, Boosie. Right. You know, to, to say, you know, that he wasn't such a hard ass or whatever he was. But let's remember. And, and he, also the black guy. The only. I mean, he was there and he was the one that introduced him twice. He, he gets his arm blown off by the, by the, oh, uh, that's right, by yeah. the fire, by, by the uh, acid spit of the. Uh, yeah, you can't have a commander with. Well, no. Ratchak I mean, had, had one. No, he, he ended up dying, I believe. Yeah. He does not show up again. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I believe more of him got burned in just the yeah. arm off. Oh, he's got an arm off. <laughs> <laughs> i'll be okay <laughs> it's just a flesh wound <laughs> but uh it's now rico's roughnecks and i i feel like it's only rico's roughnecks because ratchak did the whole rico you know what yeah. to do yeah <laughs> and he's just like i knew you when you was a little boy you can yeah. have my roughnecks <laughs> so they they lead the assault on 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 planet p to find the brain bug um and this is where the movie fall apart, falls apart for me like just going backwards as well. Like all of these people die in all of these places. Like there's, as you said, millions of people died on Clendactu. Like, you know, how many people died on Planet P before they realized what was going on? Before like how many people got into that transport? I would say but far Diz, less. But Diz gets this like grand funeral up in the sky. Right. Like, I don't see any other bodies being shot out into space because she's it's the only Diz. body they were able to recover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> True. But, uh, Not to spoil yeah. anything, but in the trailer that I just watched for uh, Starship Troopers, Traitor of Mars, Diz returns. Now, is Traitor of Mars going to be its own movie? Yeah. It is its own. Because like, I've, I've read reports. That animated film, but direct sequel oh, okay. to these. So I've read direct... reports that there's talks that there's going to be a remake. I mean... I, I, I'm cool with a remake. I, I'm a reboot remake. I'm, I'm very cool with that. I would, I, I think I would like to, I would like to see a modern telling of it. Cause I feel like the series had a lot of potential after this one and it just didn't get the marketing behind it. Yeah. I, this film, uh, didn't do well. It didn't do enough to garner another, uh, sequel to the series. It didn't garner enough to hire a decent director or decent writers or anything like that. The same guy has been writing them since the beginning. It's been, it's been the same, the same screenwriter you know, for for all of these, Edward Niemeyer has 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 written all of them. 
Okay. Um, and they've gotten worse each time because <laughs> I, apparently this guy works in the cheap or he yeah. just really fell in love with this world. Yeah. Um, just not that good of a writer. No, <laughs> uh, I, I, I really don't think so. Cause I think, you know, the dialogue in this film is, is piss poor. Yeah. I think there's, there's, there's a lot going on story wise. There's a lot going on thematically. There's a lot going on. Um, which is a lot different than right but that's all it. stuff that I felt like he built off of from the, the story that existed yes. by a better writer who yeah. <laughs> wrote the book well, from anybody I else. think that they, they could have in the movie there could have been a lot more exposition there should have been a lot more that describes what was going on whether it was one of the, the few times I'll with, accept that as a statement this is the film that actually shows you more than it tells you and in in that respect because because of the way it's written, showing you doesn't do as much and it could as have done it in you. that would you like to know more or anything like that right a lot more could have been done in there instead they telling... do that they do that far more tongue in cheek yeah than where they the, do the, the kids are like stomping on the bugs and the, the the giant cockroaches or something like that when a scene that could have told more about what was going on I felt could have done a little bit more to push the movie forward it could have you're 100 percent right so on planet P they find the brain bug. And for some reason, Marco and uh, well, no, they escaped. Marco and Carmen, they Marco, escaped. Right. Their, their ships blown up. Their ships blown up. So they, they get to an emergency uh, transport out of the ship, which somehow this a giant ass ship like this has only two people escape pods. Right. I mean, <laughs> that must mean that if this is a giant ass ship, half a million tons worth of giant ass ship, no that's sense. a lot of escape pods. 1,000 people died. Yeah. Six get yeah. to live. <laughs> only, uh, only the officers. I mean, it's a giant ass Titanic. <laughs> I mean. Exactly what I was thinking. The fifth element did a better job at that. <laughs> <laughs> so they crash into Spaceballs did a better job at that. Even the yeah. bear, even the bear yeah. survived in Spaceballs. <laughs> Uh, so it crashes into this under cave, this this cave. Yeah, the giant cave, in the, and the the brain bug sucks Marco's brain out. So Rico, competition gone, no problem. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Back and in there, Rico. But hey, they're both single now. That's right. Of course, the roughnecks are the ones that come to Carmen's aid, yeah. and you know Rico's holding the bomb. He's like, you know what this is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and it's a nuke. Yeah, it is. A nuke. I mean, a mini nuke. A mini nuke, but right. I mean, Still. we've never seen anything like this in, in any of the warfare earlier. Right. But all of a sudden, he's now got his hands on a nuke. No, they do. On on Clindactu, uh, they say nuke him. Oh, and yeah. They get out the rocket launcher and they put the tiny that, uh, yeah. triangular nuke at the end of it and they fire it off. It is a mini nuke, and all you need for a nuclear weapon is for it to be uh, radioactively charged. Uh, so it's mini nukes, that's, is what it is. But he, he, he he's willing to blow himself up to take the queen out. The queen uh, has her little her little uh, scarabs that crawl underneath her and take her away. Uh, the the brain bug and everything else leaves. He saves Carmen. He walks out and they find out the the war for Planet P is over because the brain bug was captured yeah. by a private named Zeb. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> now that actually is in the book, right? And that's that's the thing too. I mean, that's uh, you think it's kind of corny in the film. But that was actually now. But again, because it, it happens out of nowhere. There's you don't see you don't see a, a, a scene where him in where, yeah. where Zim goes to his commander and says, "I want to bump myself down to private because I want to get some." Now in the in the book he does right. You uh, Rico overhears a conversation between him and the commander before the whole um, uh, brought when he's brought down from being squad leader. Um, you do actually see here where he is saying specifically. I want to be a part of this war. Right. You know, 
how do I how do I leave here? And they're basically saying, no, we need you here to train people. You know, so you you can't go anywhere. And I really can't stand kind of like it's almost like the final shot of the film where all three friends are back together. Yeah, Rico, Carl, and Carmen. And, got and they're smiling. Fuck the fact that... I, I, I want them to walk away, like, and they kick their heels up or something like you that. you and I are or just maybe, best friends. Or maybe, like, with what, uh, like, a... Oh, what's his name? The the, the director, like, uh, Breakfast Club and, and you know... John you Hughes. Know, yeah, John Hughes. A John Hughes ending. Oh, you, you want know? him to Judd Nelson yeah, the end the, of it? Yeah, the, the yeah. hand pump in the air, he sort of... Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey! Ooh! I feel like that's how this film like ends. It just ends on such a like I said, ninety yeah, exactly. percent of this film I love. The last ten percent, mm-hmm. that 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 last fifteen twenty minutes, I I it real it all just kind of falls apart for me. Yeah. And I feel like that is the weak writing. Yeah, like that's just well what... in the in the book again. We we keep bringing it back and forth, but in the book, she uh, Carmen's not in it as much. No, anywhere near as much as in the movie. And he's not. They're not girlfriend and boyfriend. They never were. He liked her, but they right. were never girlfriend and boyfriend. Right. And then Carl dies. He dies very early in the book. You right. don't see him again in the in the book at all. Whereas in the films now, yeah. With in uh, the end, all of a sudden he's a he's like in charge of. I mean, it must be something to do with the 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 turnover rate or something like that. But all of a sudden he's now looks like he's in charge of military intelligence. Other than Clancy Brown and Michael Ironside, who seem to go backwards, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Neil Patrick Harris was actually a big star for this film. Yeah. <laughs> Doogie Howser is a big yeah. hit, so uh, you had to kind of keep his character alive, yeah. uh, even You'll if it was him. a minor, even if it yeah. was just a minor character. Uh, so I mean, that's 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 where the film ends. It kind of ends on a whimper, and that always bothered me a little bit about it. I love everything else about it, and we're going to get into more of the stuff that 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 we loved about it in the in the next segment, our shorter segment, uh, where we're going to talk about some of the behind the scenes stuff, some of the stuff that influenced the story, some of the stuff that that really makes it really, it's kind of stand the test of time that it has now. Uh, that's really making it a cult classic these days. So stay tuned as we get into the behind the scenes stuff. Call upon our troopers. In this our darkest hour, our way of life is what we're fighting for. The flag that flies above us inspires us each day to give our very best in every way. It's a good day to die when you know the reasons why. Citizens, we fight for what is right. A noble sacrifice. When duty calls, you pay the price For the Federation, I will give my life When all is fair in love and war That's what my gunny says You're not alive unless you're almost Welcome back, and we're going to get into all our little bit of facts and trivia about the film. But for this, there's really not a whole lot of like behind-the-scenes like facts and trivia. It had a small budget. It didn't do well in the theaters, um, and it was a little bit hampered by that. But really what this builds itself, what Starship Troopers builds itself off of, is the rich history of our world and the rich history uh, of the book that was written. Uh, so, Rob, you did the bulk of the research on this, man, so why don't you go ahead and take it away with some of the interesting stuff that you found in your research. Yeah, um, I mean, again, after I hadn't actually read the book before... Last month. Last month, yeah. Let's uh, be honest there. Uh, as soon as I knew that this was something that I picked as my book, uh, as my movie, I read the book. I got it the very next day. 
and I read it within a couple of days. I, I loved the book. Um, so I know I've talked a lot about already how the book has its differences and has how it also has some very similarities. Differences um, in character genealogy, yeah, yeah. differences and, in military structure, military and, and prowess. And differences in the, in the actual story sometimes, too. Do you think the book is right-wing based, kind of? Because the director says that. We talked um, about this. We talked about this uh, pre pre production. Right. Um, I think that the book is not right winged. The book is right winged portrayed in a way to show the right wing uh, its faults. It's kind of showing the right wing a mirror of itself. Okay. Because what 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 the film and even what the book is kind of parroting is communism. It's kind of parroting. Um, totalitarianism yeah. uh you know dic- uh, dictatorship stuff like that it's really it's really it's it's putting a mirror to that it's showing like a fantasized version of that and i've described it as king of the hill hank hill is mm. so right-winged that it's funny right like he he's so far right, to the right, right, right that it's anti-right in its humor whereas this is very much in the same way like it's it's so right-winged, it's so over-the-top. Maybe more so for the film than the book yeah. itself. Um, but also, the book was written in 1950s, correct? Yeah. Yep. So, it, it, it might have also been written by a communist. <laughs> <laughs> McCarthy didn't catch this one. <laughs> you know what, though? But I, I got a lot more from the book. The book, for, for being 1950s, the detail it goes into in so many of the different aspects, like... Even just the mechanical armor. I mean, we talked right. about it before, but the mechanical armor that they, they that he talks about in the book, it's so amazing to know that that was something from the 1950s. I mean, what, you think 1950s, they were fighting in Korea. Tanks were new in that time. I mean, they were not long after World War II, you know, tanks weren't new, but, you know, there were new types of tanks, but it was still, that was right. the modern warfare of the time. I mean... I, I like to compare it as well to The Martian. Uh, the book was so detailed in in what was going on in the Martian landscape. You almost felt when you read the book or even saw the movie that you've been to Mars. That you that you that how did he know that that was going to be what would happen right. on Mars? You know how did he research for right. something like that when nobody has ever ever been there? You know, and that's what this is. That that to me the book that's like right. how did he get these. You know, he had to have an imagination that was far beyond any of us, right? To write something like this, and a, an imagination that was far beyond the budget of yeah. the film, because the film, as we talked about you know, during our synopsis and during our breakdown and our our, our our dissection of it, we talked about how the fact that it's all mobile, it's all mobile infantry soldiers, and it's all guys in helmets and armor and guns, um, and you know, plastic armor, you know, mm-hmm. not not like real armor. Um, we're in the book, right? In the book, no one wore armor. I mean, they, they were all in mechanized suits. They were all in, you know, that was their armor. Yeah. Right. Suits that, that could actually fight a bug one-on-one where, you know, it seems like in the film, it takes 10 soldiers to take down one bug. And they always mention like, I I think Carl even mentions it. He's like, it's simple. It's numbers. They have them. We don't. And it's, you know, humans can't just reproduce as fast as the bugs can. And it, 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 the armor in the book is almost what like equalizes the playing field where it's like one suit of armor can take out 10 bugs where, you know, in the film it's 10 people to one bug, 10 million bugs, 
five million people <laughs> on the battlefield it just doesn't the math just doesn't work um and that was only done because of budget restraints there are no tanks there's no artillery there's no big guns there's no you know i mean it's just except on the bug side yeah except on the bug side i mean yeah. you know three-story tall beetles that shoot fire from their ass and acid from their face yeah. <laughs> That's uh, all you need. yeah now um i did find a couple of awesome uh different types of interviews and articles and stuff like that online um, there was an interesting article I found that was uh, saying that basically Starship Troopers was the new art of war. Uh, very interesting. Check that out. It, basically, it, it gives some of Sun Tzu's different uh, art of war sort of comments and then puts them together with uh, comments or um, things from the movie. I wouldn't put that past Verhoeven to have added something like that into the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, he, you know, he, he adds a lot of depth to his sci-fi films and this is not a knock. His sci-fi films are very pleasing on the surface, yep. but they're very deep, you know, further in. There's I mean, a lot we, more into them. Yeah. Right. We, we know that Robocop is, you know, when you watch it, um, it's, it's very much a story of a guy who loses his life and gets brought back as a robot who serves up justice, but you know, you watch that end scene where he's walking on water and you're like, oh shit, this is a Messiah story. Um, Total Recall is all about existentialism. Yeah. <laughs> so Verhoeven has put, you know, very deep thoughts and philosophy into his film. So much so that in the scene where Radchak is talking, the, the the classroom, he's a history teacher, but the, the, the faces on the back wall are all aristotle nietzsche uh they're all these philosophers that have existed that were political philosophers philosophers of society um and 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 that is going on while radchak is giving his speech about citizenship and civilians the difference between the two one takes charge one takes action while the other one deliberates complains and you know it's it, it i mean I, th- that's not anything that came from a book that came yeah. from Verhoeven himself, yeah. you know, that, and was put in there. And that's yeah, something exactly. that he adds to, to it. No, I mean, it, it was a very interesting movie in terms of how, and we, we mentioned this at the very beginning of how you watch it. You can watch it for just the blood, the gore, the action. Right. As I saw it at it, 10 years old. Exactly. But then you can watch it and see the iconography of the, the, the Nazi iconography the, the the socialism the communism right. the you know everything else in there even so the the sky fleet symbol looks yep. exactly like uh, a Nazi iron eagle yep. uh, all of the uniforms in the film were meant to look like different versions too. of of Nazi SS uniforms yeah. um, right because the film was not marketed to be that yeah. way it was not marketed to be a a meta film that was uh that that shines a light on on different types of societies in our world it was not it was not marketed as that way it was marketed as come see these sci-fi grunts shoot some fucking bugs yeah. and i think people you know who went to see it maybe some critics who went to go see it weren't expecting you know a, a level of 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 depth that they wound up finding themselves in and i think the majority of the audience went to go see it, especially in 1997 probably weren't expecting that and probably maybe i'm not saying didn't pick up on it but maybe weren't you know, there, there was a lot more escapism going on nope. then and there, there maybe there is now now we want to be entertained in both visually and mentally uh i think back then more so we were more about visual spectacle and i think that that that's what people were looking for at the time uh 
you were talking about Nazi uh, iconography. Uh, one of the Would You Like to Know More videos that they do of was shot for shot from a Nazi propaganda film. Just shot for shot uh, was absolutely done that way on purpose. The the, the reason for that um, is, again, to just show that 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 level of you know metaness that yeah. just 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 to show that level of of you know what this society is and, and, and what, what it we've becomes. grown into right what what and i think I, what a writer eventually saw us going towards a more of a communist type, right a more of a communist type world uh and if you think about it when the book was written the world kind of felt like it was falling to communism right like democracy seemed to be dying at that point you know yeah. at one point russia becomes communism and they're a world power and next thing you know North Korea is that domino is effect, falling. as they, right. they call it. Uh, you North know, Vietnam's Korea falls, falling. Just, Vietnam, you know, right. Malaysia, like you, and all of a sudden you've got the whole South Asian right. area is gone. You know, yeah. I mean, and then what's next? Moving into India, yeah. you know, with what the second highest population in the world. You know, for for America it, at the time in the 1950s, it felt like we were soon to be surrounded by communism, which is how you get into the McCarthy trials and stuff like that, and. and and how the writer of Starship Troopers did not go on trial <laughs> at some point. He, you know, the book might have come out sometime after the McCarthyism, but um, I find that I find that very interesting. That like that is where he kind of saw the future going in twenty one ninety seven. Yeah, absolutely. Now this is a, an interesting fact that I didn't even know at all. But Starship Troopers was nominated for an Academy Award. Did you know that? Not until this minute, motherfucker. Yep. Uh, it's like a uh, it's like a Suicide Squad thing, where like- yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Starship Troopers was nominated for a number of awards in 1998, including the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects. Fair enough. We did talk um, about how so they hold up. It did win a Saturn Award for Best Costume and Best Special Effects, and it won the 1998 Academy of Science uh, Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films USA Awards. Oh, sorry, at the USA Awards. All right. So, uh, I mean, it, and it does fit that bill. I mean, it does definitely say that that at for the time. Right. 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 You know, I mean, you 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 you're comparing it. You compared it before to start uh, to um, Independence Day. Mm. Right. I mean, the aliens in that. I mean, how different. I mean, even then, uh, one of the things I could point they to were about, puppets almost about Independence Day is that. That still followed the Jurassic Park formula we talked about in the last episode. It seemed like that was very uh, 70-30 as far as practical effects for the yep. for the aliens went. You know, when you get into this, when you get into the sure. air battles, that was mostly CGI and stuff like of that. Of course. Because um, there's no way to make a spaceship fly. <laughs> well, somehow, um, no movie has ever had so much ammunition Really? Shot in, in, in a movie before than this film. Well, that makes now, sense. Now, I'm not exactly sure what that soul, means ten as far as like one fake ammunition uh, like during the movie or as far as like real like live always, uh, bother practical me too. effects kind yeah. of ammunition. I'm not exactly sure. But are they firing no bullets? What are they firing? I mean, I don't know. Why I'm does sure. nobody no, ever look like that? I'm sure Michael Mann was upset by that. They were <laughs> They were bullets that they're firing. Um, there is a, a wonderful waste of ammunition in this oh, stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, even the one guy, like, there, there's a bug that's already dead, and he goes and puts his foot on yeah. it, and he shoots it in the eyeball, and he gets sprayed with green all over him, and he's just like, yeah. And I was just like, 
Man. Getting his anger out. Like, you are on a planet surrounded by bugs. <laughs> Ammunition is your friend. You should be counting those shots. Yeah, no, but, yeah. I mean, again... <laughs> like Deadpool. Talk, Someone didn't count his shots. When you took it, like, uh, like none of them were wearing anything at all except that armor. Like, it doesn't look like they're carrying anything that has their extra ammunition in it. I mean, those guns must carry... I mean, I don't see even where there's a magazine to carry the, 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 the bullets in it. So, I mean, like you were just saying, did you count how many bullets you fired? Because those right. things fired a shitload of web, uh, That's right. shitload of bullets. But you're right. It's, that, that is a lot. I mean, it's got to say something too about the gore too. There was so much gore in this movie. There was. And some of it didn't happen live, like on screen. Like it did in Planet P and it did uh, when they attacked Clendatu. But, uh, but a lot the, of the, the, gore... the, the Mormon, uh, the Mormon right. camp, right. that it... was just gore central. There was people with no head, no limbs. And that's the opening part of the film. Yeah. That, that would you like to know more video that shows like all of them. And it's just cadavers everywhere. Yeah. Just bloody cadavers everywhere. And think about it this way. Everybody in, in position of power in this movie is kind of scarred. You know, they're missing an arm, they're right. amputated, they're missing legs, you know, whatever. Like it, And that goes into the fact that every single citizen who are the people who are in power exactly, in this world have exactly, served. Exactly. Yeah. But what I really dislike is that they never got into what wars were fought before. Yeah. I mean, it's it's clearly a uh, like I said. It's is the sky marshal the person that's in charge of like everything, or is he in just this in movie could have been the, awesome in a, as a mini series. <laughs> Right. Like, like, give it its time because this yeah. obviously had There's a lot to a, talk about. This yeah. had a lot going on where it could have been really interesting if they had the time and budget to really spread it out over a course of like eight to ten episodes, perhaps. Well, I know? think, yeah. Well, I was say I think about something we talked about is awesome uh, a couple weeks ago when we did our underrated films, and my number one underrated film is Dread 3D. And Dread 3D, unfortunately, didn't get the box office to do a proper sequel. It's got some comic book sequels, and now it has its TV series, Mega City 1, coming out. I think this, more so than what Rob was talking about before, a reboot, a remake, something of it coming out and redoing Starship Troopers. I think more so than that, what Jay's talking about is what I would enjoy more. Something along the lines of like a television series, yeah. something of a mini series, something. Yeah. I mean, it could start out as a mini like series. A TV series, like yeah. it tells, like yeah. I mean, like an Agents of Shield sort of situation where it's be- even where it's behind the scenes. It's not the same characters, but it's somebody else in the MI or something like that right. that tells more of the story. Maybe he's not a, a rich kid that joined the military to get away from his family or whatnot. Maybe there's a whole different type of a story, but. It ties in somehow with the major movies and, and all you that stuff. You don't even need to. You can do it as a companion to either the book or a companion yeah. to the movie where you follow a different group of people. Um, I actually but, think that Netflix would be a good oh, would yeah, be. company to actually do definitely. that. But, you when know? I, but when I think about things like this, it's this is one of those cases where the movie is awesome. But the movie isn't awesome for so much of what you're shown. The movie's awesome for what you're not shown. The yeah. movie's awesome for, for what... Uh, for what's for for what's implied more so than what is actually going yeah. on. Um, I still love because you movie. want to know more, right? Because <laughs> it's the theme of the film. Yeah, you want. I want to know more. Would you like to know where? More? Where can I click? I want to know more. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to know more about Movie Cocktail Podcast, <laughs> we're going to talk about what's coming up next. So uh, next month, Rob is going to be selecting uh, his. His theme for next month. So, Rob, what do you got for the theme for next month? So, I'm a 
kind of new to this whole thing. Right. So I'm the new one to movie cocktail and everything like that. So um, I'm going to play it safe. Okay. You okay. don't want to go too niche right I don't want to go too niche right now. Maybe on my next pick, maybe I'll go a little bit different. But well, Jay I'll, played it safe I, too, I, so. I also wanted to go with something that I actually enjoyed watching as well and reading and everything like that. So I've decided to go with Marvel origin superhero movies and you're not talking about mcu right we're not talking about just mcu we're talking about marvel Marvel that has that that marvel stamp on it so if i want to say dolph lundgren punisher that 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 is okay 1980s dolph lundgren punisher does that fit the bill (laughs) (laughs) he's like shit i might want to backtrack because i don't want to watch that (laughs) yeah i mean that i yes we will say that that will be in there yes that is uh it has that marvel stamp on it sure Sure. it is not my pick yeah Uh, (laughs) all right so marvel origin story so it has to be an origin story of a marvel superhero yes so what do you have for your pick for me uh you know what you you kind of hitting on something similar to there and uh in my own podcast, the, the Fan Film Boys, we talked a couple of episodes ago about the uh, Thomas Jane movie fan film, Dirty Laundry. Right, which me and Jay so, just talked about on a recent episode, and so we told everyone to go, go check go, out your podcast for it. So. Thank you very much. We love it. Um, I am going to go with the Punisher, the Thomas Jane Punisher, though. Mm. That's going to be my pick. Which is an interesting take on a Marvel character. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. they, it's not that they change the origin it's that they change how it happened. They change the location. They they change a lot of things. Um, but I I liked that. Movie. I liked him. I I liked I I, I think Tom. I didn't James like Travolta. Very, it's but, enjoyable. No, I liked no, him. No, but Travolta looked like plastic in that movie. Right. Now something but, you don't know, Rob, is Movie Cocktail Podcast. We mentioned in the first episode was a <laughs> podcast that me and Jay did. I was wondering if you're going to bring this up before <laughs> before Super Movie Brothers. Super Movie Brothers is a thing now uh movie cocktail has come back as 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 part of our side under our under our banners (laughs) a side piece and the first movie we ever did in movie cocktail is the punisher okay well there you go but that episode is not just lost to the internet it's lost to my hard drives i don't Ah, have that episode it's literally gone and i i have a lot of things rolling through my head about what i would like to correct about what i did before so Again, as I rooted for you last time with <laughs> yep. Starship Troopers, you I'm kind of kind of rooting for you again with the Punishers. I would love a chance to read. So what about you? Talking about that film. What me. are you going for? Yeah, me. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, 2000 and I believe it was two 2002's Sam Raimi Spider Man. I feel like uh, in the wake of Homecoming and in the aftermath of everything that happened with the Amazing Spider Man series, I'd like to go back to 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 sam raimi's spider-man more because i feel like a lot of people don't give it enough credit these days i don't think that we're slightly forgotten right i mean i spent uh the weekend before recording this uh where i actually watched spider-man 2 and unfortunately spider-man 3 um but really i watched spider-man 3 because for some reason it was a bad comic book film weekend for me i watched batman forever batman and robin and then i watched spider-man 2 and Spider-Man 3. And the only good film in that <laughs> was one for four. It was Spider-Man 2. Um, and I found myself just really enjoying just the, the kind of style that Sam Raimi brought. And I even found some things to enjoy in Spider-Man 3. Overall, I you know, there's the, the bad outweighed the good. But uh, I really just want, kind of want to go back to that. I want to look at Spider-Man 1 again with a more critical eye. And the gears are turning for helping you make a drink for that. So, uh, Jay, what do you got for superhero origin? Uh, Marvel. Superhero origin. I have to go with 2008's Iron Man. 
this obviously is the film that kicked off the MCU. Yeah, and say it's not even an origin for a character; yeah, it's, it's an origin for a universe. Exactly. So, I love this fucking movie, and it kicked it off beautifully. And I love the end scene. The, I was literally just gonna say that the yeah. end scene alone reminds me of like the, the whole thing with yeah. uh, Game of Thrones that we were talking yep. about, where it's set up where it's gonna lead into something, and then it flipped it on its head, and it's like. Yeah, like Fuck it. I'm Iron Man, is, bitches. Like, a like, superhero is somebody that wears a, a, a like how every a single disguise. Person, I still don't know vividly who that, remember. Who just saved me. Yeah, you know, I mean, who, I, who, I remember who, the, like, leaving that theater and everybody was just stoked and just excited and just ramped up leaving the theater after that. That was back in the day when Marvel wanted to set itself apart from other superhero films and it's not it that it's not that yeah. a, a, in the comics at the time iron tony tony stark was known as iron man so it wasn't like it was a big deal to be like you know what in our film fuck it let's let's give it a superhero identities um marvel has kind of been known for that where like batman and superman and wonder woman they all have their secret identities they all hide who they are um that's kind of like a main staple uh for superheroes uh, whereas in Marvel, they always played with the fact that some hide their identity, some don't. But Captain we've America, never seen this on screen before, Captain America yeah. in the MCU is widely known as Steve, Steve Rogers. Rogers. Yeah. He's Steve Rogers. Everyone knows that he's the original Captain America, Steve yeah. Rogers. Uh, Iron Man is known as Tony Stark and Iron Man. He's both of them. Whereas someone like Peter Parker, who's only revealed his identity once and has since been erased from history, uh, <laughs> is... In the a comic book series of right. uh, Civil, Civil War. War. Right. Yeah. Uh, is is he, he's secret? Right. Matt Matt Murdock has been outed, but has since gone back to being secret. Yeah. You know, uh, the, I always liked that about Marvel that they always played that duality where it's like yeah. some are okay being known. All of the Fantastic Four, who they are, yeah. are is really known to the general yeah. public. They're, they're a super if you want to attack Johnny Storm, you attack. You know who they are. You know who he yeah. is. Uh, if you want to attack Steve Rogers, you know who he is. Good luck getting to them because yeah. they're both <laughs> hidden behind thick walls and high security. But. Um, and then you have other people like Spider-Man and Daredevil who hide their identities because of their more of a small lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Iron Man. I would love to delve into that because I would love to to go back and watch Iron Man again. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen Iron Man. Uh, I haven't seen Iron Man, Jay, since we first started Super Movie Brothers and I did the live tweet of every single Marvel film leading up to right, Civil right, War. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't seen I haven't seen Iron Man but since then. I, I think as well, like everybody knows who the comic book character is of Tony Stark and Iron Man. But now, just like Captain America, we know who that is and Steve Rogers and everything like that. But it's Robert Downey Jr. Right. He is Iron Man. Right. Uh, you, you, so they, much they, so that they've kind of changed the personality of the comic yeah, book to fit exactly. him. It, he, he is that person. He is Iron Man. It's kind of like the whole like Johnny Depp and Jack Sparrow thing exactly. where like you there's no recasting there, there's be, no recasting yeah, of there'll that never be another character. Jack right. Sparrow. It's just one of those things. Right. We talked about in our review of Pirates 5 that's like Maybe reduce his role and make him more sure. of a, a, a smaller role. It's more effective but than small doses. Sort of thing, or... But you can't but do it without him. Yeah. You can't do it without him. Exactly. Oh, yeah, no, that, that, exactly. that series will not last if you don't have Jack Sparrow in there. But maybe, yeah, you're right. Have them play a more of a minor role or something like right. that. Yeah. 
So you can go vote for which one of these you would like to see. Now, as we said in the beginning of the show, Mark is absent. He is going to tell me what his vote is. It will be in the poll. So he will put it up there. Tune and in for that. I'm excited. Absolutely. And you will get to vote for the film that we talk about. Next month, Rob is going to be the one making the cocktail. So uh, good ideas popping around already. Hope, hopefully, come early. Take show. your time. If you want me to, t- you know, help you out, I will. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll definitely get something delicious. Hopefully, hopefully, if you're drinking the cocktails along with us, you enjoyed the first one, Mimosa Raptor, and you enjoy this one, Jay's Firebug. I really enjoyed Jay's Firebug. Maybe a little bit more than my own Mimosa Raptor. I'm gonna go with that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Please, if you're enjoying the show, go on to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. They really help us out. They really help our show grow. They really help us get found. That is what allows us to fund uh, you know, things like this. Uh, really drives us to go on and do more in-depth things like Movie Cocktail instead of just like our regular episodes. If you enjoy Rob on the show, please go check out his show, Fan Film Boys, where they discuss and talk about fan films, films that are made in the love of the things that we all love, made by fans just like you. We're actually going to be joining him on on his episode, which is going to discuss a Starship Troopers fan film. We're so- actually going to be uh, talking about... Uh, uh- Pretty yes. bad one, actually. I'm <laughs> Pretty not gonna, bad one. Yeah. Uh, th- this will probably be the first time that we've talked about a fan film that... Uh was pretty terrible. It was pretty terrible. See, it's interesting for me because I've never really experienced too many fan films before. Actually, this might be my first one. and <laughs> It's a bad well, representation. Well, welcome to that rabbit hole. I, I mean. <laughs> I, it, I'm sure it's an interesting rabbit hole. I, I would say if you want to fall down a fan film rabbit hole, start with like something like Bat in the Sun. Uh, Bat in the Sun Productions, who does Batman fan films. Yep. High quality production, high decent quality actors but i feel like a lot of times people that are watching these things they don't really care all that much about the high quality thing oh, no. you, they want oh, something no. original oh nope. really no. you care yeah. oh okay okay there is there is i, I don't know this is like a whole new there world are some i feel like fan I'm films, into. And, and i know we're going totally off here and we'll go more in when we when we record but there are some absolutely amazing that could when you watch them you would be thinking that they made by the movie studio like some of these like ones, Hollywood needs to find Hollywood these people. Needs to find these people right, right, and say, right. "Give them a job." Editor's note: So make sure that you check out that episode of Fan Film Boys because me and Jay will be joining Rob on that. Also, check out our Untapped app where Jay is now leaving beer reviews on there uh, for our regular show. So check out Super Movie Brothers on Untapped, and then also we are part of a network that is the Podfix Network please go on to the website, www.podfixnetwork.com. There you'll get updates for all of our new episodes, and you'll also get updates on all the shows that are part of the Podfix family. You'll also get written reviews by me and Jay and some of the other members of Podfix. You'll also get something like original music covers and original music videos from guys from the Who Spiked the Puns podcast. There's a lot of content to be found on podfixnetwork.com, so make sure you're checking that out. Thanks a lot for listening. We had such a great time talking about Starship Troopers. So happy to bring this cult classic back to life just for one night so that we could talk about it. (laughs) Happy to drink Jay's cocktail. Hope you try out the cocktail. I will be putting the recipe up on Twitter for everyone to try. Have a great night. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks again.